como Two Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host Jay Chima with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. One, the Puma. Thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Just doing this podcast under you know more enthusiastic light leading up to the Super Bowl. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been interesting. Kobe, twenty-four days, twenty-four hours, man. Yeah, with the passing of Kobe and his daughter and nine total victims, including the pilot. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had no desire to do anything today. Yeah. So, and to give you guys a quick rundown, listen. Generally speaking, we are a pro, uh, pro football podcast, but at the end of the day, um, when a sports icon such as Kobe Bryant goes down, um, somebody who's touched me personally, you know, what I'm saying who. I know you aren't a basketball fan, but you were touched by it as well. Um, I believe it's important to give uh, just a little bit of respect. Um, just talk about what Kobe meant to us. Um, talk about what happened. And for, for you guys that don't know, um, yesterday, which was uh, January 26th at age 14 with his 13-year-old daughter um, and seven others, Kobe Bryant passed away in a helicopter crash um, outside of Los Angeles, California. Yep. Um, now, originally when I first saw this uh, storyline break, um, it was breaking on TMZ, um, and I didn't want to believe it, man. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fake because the Chicago Bears Twitter handle got hacked earlier in the morning yesterday, and I was like, oh, maybe they moved on to TMZ. And yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, a couple of news outlets and Adrian Wojnarowski, or I, I probably butchered his last name. Everyone yeah. just calls the him Woj. Woj. Yeah. Uh, he started to confirm some details, and then the L.A. County Sheriff's Office tweeted out some stuff. And yeah. yeah. And when the when the news reports started rolling in, such as you know ESPN and ABC and Woj, then you know I started to really uh, panic a little bit, um, just because it's like, shit, maybe he has passed away, you know? Right. Um, and even now, I'm still having a, a really tough time digesting it. Um, it's been close to 36 hours since the news broke. Um, but for some reason, man, this has hit me hard, unlike any other passing of celebrities or, or sports figures. Right. I usually can handle this okay, but I, it's it's tough, man. It's tough, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was talking to I was talking to you and I was talking to, you know, a couple of people back in the six oh three and, and Josh and Josh is a huge Lakers fan and he was, you know, he was fans when Kobe Bryant first came to the league with the Lakers and I was texting him I mean I'm from New England the only New England team I really like is the Boston Celtics so like I'm never going to like you know be the guy that's like oh my god like the Lakers and Kobe Bryant but it was like you know I wasn't a fan but I respected his game yeah. and it, it's like how I feel about Derek Jeter and stuff and you know yesterday I was at work and a couple of people were telling me about it and I was in the same boat as you I didn't believe it and I mean today dude I had no desire to do anything it was a job coming up with notes today for the podcast i it was a job just being at work typing friggin' emails and everywhere i went like the throughout the entire building and even when i went out on my lunch break you know the grocery store was super quiet it just seemed like the 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 volume of the music playing in the grocery store was too loud at times and you know at the end of the day Nine people perished and families were destroyed. Like a, a whole family was died in the crash, and one person's now without a wife and you know a mother of two children. And you know the pilot. I mean, this touched everybody. Yeah. Now, before I fell in love with with football, before there was Ohio State, before there was the New England Patriots, my first true love was the game of basketball. 
right? Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, right? And New York, for people that people that know, um, basketball is a way of life, right? Um, it's intertwined in the culture and the fabric of New York City, right? Uh, they call it the mecca of basketball, MSG, for a reason, right? Yep. Um, so basketball is big, and and I know. Um, when I was, you know, when I was like seven or eight years old, and back in 1990, I first, you know, I first started picking up, uh, picking up basketball and playing and playing, you know, in the, in the backyard. And, and at that time, Kobe Bryant was coming up. You know, in 1990, I saw his, his his first game, and you know, ever since then, man, I just remember just having this like in, this intense bond with basketball. And it goes more than that, just because my brother was along the ride as well. Like we, he would watch the games with me, and you know, we would go outside. Um, and practice, you know, his fadeaways and, you know, mimic his his, his jumpers and all that. So yep. there, there's quite a bit um, that uh, that kind of hit me really hard yesterday, man. And, you know, it's just part of, you know, our, our youth growing up with, with, with my brother. And, and, and I'll say this, like, even my dad, who, who isn't really embedded in American culture, he actually called me and he said he was saddened by the news and he knew how big Kobe was, you know, for myself and my brother growing up, and he was saddened to hear the news as well. Yeah, I heard a story on my drive into work. Um, the lead play-by-play announcer for ESPN, um, I can't remember his name, but he, he was on uh, Golik and Wingo this morning, and he was telling a story of how he went out uh, to Beijing to cover the basketball games for the Olympics, and he got into a taxi cab, and he had his NBA credentials on, and he had some other stuff. And the cab driver, I guess, didn't speak really that much English, broken at best, saw the logo and pointed to him and pointed to the logo and said, NBA. And he's like, yeah. And then he's like, oh, Kobe, you know, Kobe Bryant. And he's like, no, but I, I have spe- I, I did speak to Kobe Bryant, you know, yeah. yesterday in an interview. And I guess like the cab guy just started breaking down and couldn't drive the cab anymore. Yeah. But like his reach is global on so many different aspects. I mean, yeah. Neymar, you know. Did a goal celebration in his honor yesterday in a soccer game. Uh, Fernando Torres wore his, you know, USA basketball jersey at warmups today. It's just, it, it affected everybody. And, you know, everyone remembers, like, Kobe as the ultimate competitor, and that's how I mostly remember him. I mean, he took free throw shots with a blown-out Achilles, yeah. for Christ's sake. Yep. But what I remember recently is when he was seen courtside, with his, his daughter, daughter yeah. explaining the game yeah. and there was like real joy and happiness in his yeah. face and he just seemed to like really enjoy life at that point yeah. and i just think he had so much left to well, do who can say they were a top three basketball player of all time and then two years later after time and win an oscar for their for their second job yeah like how many people can say that yeah the guy simply competed at all parts of his life whether it was being a better husband better father, better basketball player, better screenplay writer, whatever it was, the guy had the innate ability to compete and be better at, and be a better person than himself. Right. And so, and I, and I think that's why it hit, it hit me so hard, man, because like, you know, you start questioning your own mortality. And that's why a lot of Americans today are so kind of shocked by this is because if the great Kobe Bryant could be cut down like that, what to say about the rest of us? Right, know? right. Uh, there was a guy on he he typically does first take. Uh, what the hell's his name? I'm spacing on everybody's friggin' name today. Um, but he was interviewed yesterday. Well, I try to find this friggin' guy's name real quick. Uh, stand by one. You might know him. He's the the black guy, kind of bald. He does get up in the morning. Dominic Foxworth. No, no, no. Bald. Uh, uh, Louis Riddick. No. 
Football guy, basketball guy? Basketball dude. It's a hooper. Um, hooper, hooper, hooper. Uh, hang on. I'm I try to stay away from ESPN, oh, man. Oh, uh, uh, Jay Williams. Ah, they, Jay Williams, they yes, cut, they yes. cut a, They cut to him real quick, and they, he spoke on it. And, you know, he, he, he put it in real perspective, and he, he cursed on the air. But, I mean, he was speaking what everybody else was thinking was like, you know, this puts everything in perspective. Like, you have to, you know – Go reach out to that person that you might have had a falling out with or you care about. And just, you know, just let that shit go. Like, yeah. you, you have to do that. You can't be carrying all this baggage around with you because it can end at any minute. And, and Brad, yeah. I think the reason why it pisses me off even more is because we work in aviation. We've heard some of those ATC recordings. Yep. I think this could have been prevented, man. This is simply, listen, I, we're not going to jump to conclusions here, but the, the preliminary information that's coming out seems to be that it's pilot error. Yeah. It seems to it seems to all of us that the aircraft itself, the helicopter itself, didn't have any mechanical issues. Yeah. But it seems as if the, the pilot was in a situation where he shouldn't have been in. Yeah. And the person that released that flight, along with that pilot, need to seriously be looked at. Obviously, the pilot is gone now, but, like... I just think we prevented, man. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be out there flying in the fog when the L.A. County Sheriff's Department grounded their own fleet. Like, what does that tell you? Right. But you have to figure, I mean, again, we're in aviation. We get in the weeds here. But, I mean, Kobe owned that aircraft. Yeah, and I'm sure. So. I'm sure there's some sort of pressure, and I get that. But well, it's not even a, that. It's just Part 91. Yeah. If it's Part 91, you can yeah, do whatever yeah, the hell you but want. But the pilot still has got to look at the situation and be like, this right, is not exactly. safe. You know what I'm saying? And, and advise a client that way. Right. And it could be the fact of, you know, go fever and get theritis, and yeah. I, I have to get this guy to xyz and i got a bunch of family members that need to go to a basketball game but yeah, yeah i mean just... ntsb's out there i i think it you know in the grand scheme of things it's probably not going to be as long as a typical accident investigation because yeah. I mean, it's a the... privately owned thing yeah um so we'll find out sooner or later but yeah. jesus i think i think the memory that i'll take away with kobe was man obviously the ultimate competitor like his this killer instinct i've never experienced anything like that um, and I think, I think for me, it was an eighty-one point game, man. I remember watching that game. I remember, I remember that was a championship weekend, and you know how big the AFC and the championship game mm-hmm. are in America. Like the the sports world stopped that day because that's where that's where all the headlines were. Like ESPN led with it. I mean, everybody was talking about it. Yeah. The crazy part is, man. Two months before that, two months before his eighty-one point game, he was in Dallas playing the Mavericks. Um, and he dropped 62 points in three quarters. In 30, in 33 minutes, he dropped 62 points. Yep. And if th- at the end of three quarters, uh, he had 62 points, and the Mavericks had 61. Yep. Now, the Lakers themselves had, like, 95, and he sat for the rest of the fourth quarter, but he could have hit 90 that night as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy in his prime, I, I, I will say this. I think he was a better shooter than Jordan. Uh, maybe Jordan obviously has more accolades and more championship rings, but I think as a pure shooter, I think Kobe was much better. Um, and I don't think anybody was as uh, offensively talented as, as Kobe was. All right, he played both ways. He, he played, played both he played ways. Tough defense too. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate, man. It's it's a sad day, man. Yeah, it really is. You know, I can't think of a more a bigger tragedy for the NBA. I can't think of anything. NBA wise, probably not. And you know, every generation has its own like where were you moment. And you know, for my parents, it was like you know when Jack Kennedy died. And like you know, for for me, I guess you could at this point in time, thirty one years of age, not counting nine eleven. Like this is yeah, pro- this, this is, is right up big, there. Right? Like I mean. It, it's insane, like the outpoint that's come out, and no. you know, every every now and then there's a there's a jackass in the group. But I mean, yeah, this touched everybody. Good, I mean, yeah. globally, like worldwide, like I, it's insane. Friend, my father 
is as not is not immersed in American culture. He's still holding on to his Pakistani ways. You know what right. I'm saying? Like his whole life is built around his Pakistani friends and his religion. He knows who Kobe was. He called me today and yeah. that strained his relationship me and my father have. He asked me how am I doing and he felt saddened that Kobe Bryant passed yeah. away. Like how think about that for a second. That's that's some big stuff, man. Mm-hmm. So I mean where where else can you go? Where who else can say they could go? You know, to some random like you know restaurant in China and say Kobe, and people know who he was. You know yep. what I'm saying? So it's it's just sad, man. It's a it's a sad day. Yeah. You know. So um, let's move on to some football. Um, we are doing a Super Bowl podcast. Um, I'm gonna let you kind of take it from here for a second. All right. So I mean, Super Bowl, Super Bowl Live, L-I-V. Uh, the point spread is set at one and a half. And the over-under is 54. I'm not a fan of either of those. I, I Honestly, if I had to bet this game, I'm probably betting some of the prop bets, like who's scoring the touchdown first or, you know, whatever the what side of the coin do you think it's going to be. I really don't want to touch this point spread or over-under unless I'm betting the the over-under live. Yeah. But, yeah, one, this, is, this is a tight game. This is just Vegas' way of saying it's a pick but, like, we have to kind of tell the public which way to bet. Yeah. But uh, so for the 49ers, man, um, let's start with those guys. And the way we'll do this, we'll talk about the 49ers real quick. Then we'll talk about the Chiefs and then we'll give you our predictions at the end. Um, the 49ers have won both nail biters and blowouts. So they've kind of been battle tested this year. Um, in a nutshell, the, the Niners, um, they're going to run the ball. They're going to play good defense and they're going to play solid special teams. Um, this team is as old school as it gets. It's just a smash in the mouth run down your throat, um, outside zone scheme running attack, um, and play just good field position, um, real old school team. Now the concern that I have for this team is um, they're very good in running the ball, obviously, and playing defense, but part of the defense that really concerns me is teams uh, that teams this year have had great luck um, attacking the opposite side of Richard Sherman, right? So obviously Richard Sherman doesn't – doesn't move left or right. He stays on his side of the field. But teams have had um, great success going after their secondary wide receivers. And I wonder if the Chiefs will kind of use that as as exploitation as well. Right. Um, now, the one thing that is going to be key here is can the 49ers defense do what they did to the Vikings and Packers and suffocate those and repeat that performance? Um, next-gen stats indicate that um, they should drop seven or more in coverage as Patrick Mahomes um, in his last 16 out of 17 INTs since last season, um, they came. those INTs came with the four or less defensive linemen rushing. So I think Robert Sella should take that approach of dropping back seven or more into coverage and just trying to get pressure with the front four, which they can. They have those studs on the front four to, to um, put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Now, how the 49ers are going to win is they're going to they're going to have to continue what they're doing all year. They run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and then allow the pass rush to create havoc for the for Patrick Mahomes. The X factor for the game for me is going to be Raheem Mostert. It's self-explanatory. The 49ers got to establish the run. Um, if the run game is not there, it might become an embarrassing blowout for these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, for me, San Francisco wise, it's going to come down to the front four and the defense of Robert Sala, and I I think. You know, he's going to have to take a little bit of a lesson looking at the Titans game and see that I'm going to have to take chances on defense. I just can't play zone the whole time and and have Patrick Mahomes pick me apart with his feet because 
the San, Fran uh, the San Francisco 49ers, they can be beaten on the ground as well, too. They've struggled against the rush uh, throughout the regular season at times. Uh, they, I just... They're gonna they're gonna have to do something and change up how they protect the defend the run because they're 13th against the rush. Running backs are averaging 4.2 yards a clip, and they're they're middle of the middle of the pack in stuffing the run as well too. So these guys are gonna have, gonna have, gonna have to get dynamic. I think Quan Alexander coming back, uh, he missed a decent amount of last season. I think that's gonna bolster the, this defense as well too. Uh, and Jimmy G. I was looking at the stats because I saw everybody was freaking out about how, oh, they won and he only threw the, threw the ball six times. I mean, this guy was sixth in passing touchdowns during the regular season, fourth in completion percentage, third in yards per attempt, fourth, and he has four uh, game-winning drives, uh, or he stands in fourth uh, overall this season, game-winning drives. And against the New Orleans Saints, which is, I think, a comparable defense to the Kansas City Chiefs for what they've played in the playoffs, I mean, he went 26-35, 349 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and led a game-winning drive, that that deep pass to George Kittle to set up the Robbie Gold field goal. I think this he's not going to be able to just hand the ball off all game. They are going to have to throw. Uh, Vegas indicates this could be a shootout with an over-under of 54. Uh, but I'm not that worried of Jimmy G quarterbacking this game. Uh, is for me, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the tight ends yeah. because San Francisco's top five against defending the tight end position, and Kansas City throughout the last couple of years, even before Steve Spagnolo got there, they were twenty second at defending the tight end position. Yeah. And and I, I want to hit on that point real quick because uh, and I know uh, Jimmy G defenders will will just you know come at you hardcore when you when you bring up this point, but. I do believe that Jimmy G is a good quarterback and he's progressing to probably one of the great quarterbacks down the road. But I think right now, I think right now, if you ask him to go mono mono against Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he can do that. And I think that's where a lot of the criticism for Jimmy G is coming in is, yes, we get it. He, the guy can ball, whatever, great. But is he good enough to take down Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Is he, is he going to get you 45 points if the running game isn't there? If the Chiefs' defense provide that um, performance like they did against Derrick Henry on allowed 69 yards, can Jimmy G get you to that promised line? And I think that's the big question here. Can Jimmy G outgun Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? And I don't think he can. Uh, I think so. I, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to compare it to the Saints. I mean, it was a hostile game. They were on the road. They were in the Superdome. And, you know, they were still running the ball. They, do, they did some trick plays. But, I mean... 349 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick on 35 attempts. It's a good day at the office at the Superdome. Yeah. And, you know, this 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 Chiefs defense has played better, but I just, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball. They can't yeah. just hand it off the whole time. And I think he can do it. I think he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with this, and I think he has the weapons. So let me ask you a question. How many times do you think Jimmy G has to throw the ball in this game? If if you, the way you think it pans, pans out in your mind, let's say they run how many times? 20, 25 times? Probably 25 times between three backs and, and you're Kyle asking Juszczyk. And him to throw 20 times? Toward... I don't know, probably like 35, 40 times. Oh, I mean, wow. if it's a shootout, you expect, you know, you can't just hand the ball off the whole time. Well, then, then they're then they're going against what you just said right now is them going against their game plan for what brought them here this whole this whole time. Well, they there was no need for them to throw the football against the Green Bay Packers. The yeah. Green Bay Packers were atrocious against the run all year, and if you're if they can't prove to you that they're stopping the run, why force feed force throw force uh, throwing uh, the ball in different lanes? Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings game that might be a different story, but I mean. 
you know, you don't get to sixth in passing yards, fourth in completion percentage, and then third in yards per attempt, you know, just by handing the ball off all year. No. They have trusted him to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, okay, on the other end, the Chiefs, man. So the Chiefs are the complete opposite of the San Francisco 49ers. These guys don't care about running the ball. They're going to throw it 50 times if they have to. Um, concerns for me for the Chiefs. So for all the firepower on offense, sometimes they do struggle in the red zone. Um, they scored a touchdown on just 54% of their trips into the red zone, um, which tells me that there's some issues there in the red zone, and that's where the Chief, and that's where the 49ers can capitalize. Um, now, like we like we mentioned, the Chiefs' defense is going to have to have a monster performance, just like they did against the Titans. They got to duplicate that performance they had against the Titans in 69 yards for Derrick Henry. Um, that's I, I think if you let the, the 49ers run for 150, 170 yards, I think there's a good chance we won't win this game. Now, the Chiefs are set up perfectly to negate a good running attack because I always bring this back up. It doesn't matter if they get if they have time of possession. It doesn't matter if they only get for 20 minutes and that team gets it for 40 minutes. They will score enough points in 20 minutes to make you feel it. Um, now, I do believe at the end of the day, Chiefs will win. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game in the grand scheme of things. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to come down to about 42-39 Chiefs. High-scoring game. Uh, all right, all right. I mean, the Kansas City side, but I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean, the only thing that worries me is this offensive line. This this is the best front four that they faced in the entire postseason, and I think it's probably the best front four that they faced even the last couple of weeks of the regular season. You know, they have speed on the edge. They have a bunch of big, quick guys up front with DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead and, and, and Bosa, and they can move around the line as well, too. And these linebackers can hang, and I think they're going to be hanging with Travis Kelsey. You might see a couple of coverage sacks here and there. And, you know, I think, honestly, I think Nick Bosa could be in a position to have an MVP-level performance. I think he's going to get a couple of sacks and probably cause a turnover on a strip sack. That's going to lead to a touchdown. And that could be the big deciding factor, but I think this is a big Nick Bosa game. I've, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in this offensive line. Um, they're all healthy, which is great because they've been dinged up throughout the course of the season up until the last couple of weeks of the regular season. But, the, the, you know, speed kills. These guys are fast. and They're does. all first-round studs. Uh, speaking to speed kills, I saw an amazing stat. I saw a stat that said that, um, on uh, on average, the completion that Patrick Mahomes had to his receivers, his receivers gained 3.8 yards of separation from their defender. Mm-hmm. 3.8 yards. You're four yards in front of your defender. That's insane to me. And that's obviously leading the league. But, I mean, at that point, you're just throwing to wide open wide receiver in the NFL, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, Witherspoon, he's, I think he's a rookie or a second-year cornerback. Uh, he's been exposed a little bit at times. I, I don't even think he saw the field much of the – remainder of the the uh, the Vikings game when he gave up that touchdown to Stephon Diggs and I don't really think they called his name much against the the Green Bay Packers so they might have a different guy in coverage but it's going to be interesting I, Robert Sal is going to have to take chances he's he going to have to bring he a couple won't. of corners yeah. on a blitz that bullshit that Mike Rill pulled absolutely not can't do you it. know like that's that's why yeah the Kansas City Chiefs stopped Derrick Henry with 69 yards but you know, that was also the Tennessee Titans going away from who they were. Yeah. Um, I think they could have stuck with the run a little bit longer myself. But, I mean, in this game, I'm, I'm taking the 49ers side. I just I have faith in, in Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, tr- uh, George Kittle. That It actually came out today that he's basically playing with a completely torn labrum in his shoulder. Oh, boy. So, and that's big because when George Kittle is on the field – 
the Niners average 5.6 yards per rush. When he's off the field, it drops down to 3.3 yards per rush. So his blocking is massive in the yeah. run game. And another thing, too, I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs have seen this much motion pre-snap. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. think that, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's going to throw the kitchen sink at, at these guys. I don't think him or Andy Reid, for that matter, are going to let up off the gas. Andy Reid's never won a Super Bowl, and Kyle Shanahan was about 15 minutes away from holding up a Lombardi trophy when he was and, with the Falcons. And you know after that experience, he's going to run the fuck out of that ball. Yep, like Doesn't matter. Just run, run the ball. He's not going to take chances. And I, they're not going to let up on the gas. And I really want to see what this defense for the Chiefs does when they have all these different pre-snap motions going on. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk is a giant X-factor in this game just from the run-blocking perspective. But, I mean, my, my X-factor... For the San Francisco 49ers, I'm going to keep banging this drum. It's it's Debo Samuel. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is their number one wide receiver, but Debo's been one of the best rookie wide receivers in the league this year. And it's not even just the wide the, the, the catching the the passes that he brings to the table. He can be used in the run game. He he's he has blazing speed. He's gotten a couple of rushing touchdowns on some jet sweeps, and he's going to be a big factor in this red zone and you can even throw Kendrick Bourne in there as well too he's a big wide receiver he's almost built like a tight end for that matter and he had that touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings in the first half and I think he could see some pay dirt again uh, in the end zone this game Uh, so you touched on two of the key players to watch for the 49ers uh, which is Richard Sherman and Nick Bosa Um, I also throw obviously Raheem Ostrad in there on the other side though with the Chiefs you have Tyree Kill you have Patrick Mahomes, and who's your third guy you kind of want to keep an eye on? I mean, my guy that I want to keep an eye on is split between Sammy Watkins and Miko Harvin. Yeah. What, these guys are going to have to get some space against the secondary and give uh, Patrick Mahomes some time to, to get the ball out to him quick. They're both lightning fast. Watkins is relatively healthy given his career track. He's always had issues with his feet. Uh, and Hardman is also involved in the special teams game. So, I mean, he can bring a punt return back for a touchdown to the house. We saw that against the the Tennessee Titans a couple of weeks ago. You know, again, speed kills. This guy is just as fast as Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And I think they could be heavily involved in this game. Yeah. I think Nicole Hardman is going to be the guy that's going to break out this game because the way I see this panning out for the, for the Chiefs is they're going to they're bracket Tyreek Hill. Um, and then on top of that, they're going to let Travis Kelsey get his. I think they're going to just single coverage him, and they're going to focus their efforts on stopping that second wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And they're going to focus their efforts on stopping Nick, Miko Hardman because he is just as fast as Tyreek Hill. Maybe a little bigger, right? He's a little bit taller. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I think that's where the game is going to be win or loss is if that secondary wide receiver can, can cause issues. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think we made our predictions. Um, where else do you want to get to, good sir? Uh that's pretty much it. Real quick, on the defensive side, uh, Daniel Sorensen, he's uh, he's seen a lot of uh, extended playing time for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, <laughs> since Juan Thornhill, the rookie safety, went down. He's been flying all over the place. He was all over the tape in the Tennessee game. I think he's going to be a, a, a big factor in the Chiefs defense, uh, you know, putting up a fight against the San Francisco 49ers. But, I mean, game-wise, I mean, this is, this is pretty much it. I mean, they're both – you know, I just read today – that they're both wearing red jerseys for the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought I read Are that real serious? quick in passing uh, on CBS. Well, Sports how do you distinguish who's who? I think there's different shades. Like the Chiefs' colors is a lot, a little bit darker than than the 49ers. Why don't they have somebody wear white? I don't know, but which is funny because they wouldn't let the 49ers wear like their throwback jerseys. So 
Uh, but I'm pretty sure I read that on CBS Sports today that they're both wearing red. So that's, that's going to be so stupid, that's gonna bro. Be, that's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the Super Bowl predictions. Uh, if I'm a betting man, like I said earlier, uh, I really don't want to touch the point spread. I don't like the one and a half myself. Uh, the over under at 54. I think that's. I mean, the last couple of Super Bowls, not counting last year because last year went under. Uh, typically, they've gone over for the most part, but I I don't know. I just don't think it hits a 54 total, in my opinion. Uh, I uh, if I had to bet the over under, I would probably wait till you know it was during game. I was betting it live, and if it went down to 49, I might try to grab the over at that point. But yeah. I really don't want any part of this game. Yeah, this short is, is a pick'em, man. Uh, the the spread here doesn't really matter. It's a pick'em. Yep, you know what I'm saying, and I think. Uh, it's just I mean, a, I was I was telling my my uh, my parents, you know, because they asked me, oh, you know, if you had to put money down the game, who would you pick? And I was like, I honestly, I think I would pick the, you know, heads or tails bet over the over under or the uh, the uh, the point spread. I just I don't really want anything to do with it. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Well, that uh, about wraps it up. We are only twenty eight minutes in today, man. Oh shit! Wow, wow, wow. we got a half sh- hour. Our shortest podcast ever. You oh. Know what I'm saying? Bye. But, I, but I think, hey, listen, I, I, on a day like this, you really can't, you know, yep. stay on bullshit after having a good old Kobe. So, yep. long live the Mamba, man. Yes, sir. All right. Anything else good, sir? Uh, I think that's it. You, you, got, plug- you got the final word before I start plugging it up? I'll plug it up, man. All right. Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. You can find this episode and previous ones on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. You know, like, subscribe, download, share. Definitely check this out. It's a, you know, it's an abbreviated podcast. You can listen to it on your way to work tomorrow, for Christ's sake. Uh, but beyond that, let us know what your thoughts are. Feel free to call us out on our picks if we're wrong. And, Hopefully enjoy a good Super Bowl Sunday. So today I did the the customary um, take a piece of paper, shoot it into the basket. Oh, yell Kobe. And yell Kobe. Yeah. Long live Kobe. Man. Yep. Keep that tradition alive. Don't stop. And hang on. I got I to gotta hit our boy one more time. Yesterday was the Royal Rumble, fun fact. Oh, was it really? Yeah, they, they oh. dug up Edge. They dug up Edge. Wow. He entered in the Royal Rumble. I think Drew McIntyre won the Rumble. So he's fighting that WrestleMania for the Royal Rumble. But, uh... Ready, Soliotis? You're Uh, thank you guys so much for this little goal. I'm going to get back to you guys next week and break everything down. Um, like I said, we're going to be Bye, Kukios. <laughs>